This is the Limitless Range Podcast. I am your host, Corey Chandler. I'm sitting down with my co-host, as usual, Petey Podlo. What's up, what's up? Also sitting down in the room with our producer, Dougie Fresh. As usual, you can get to us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at One Limitless Range. You can also get to our website directly, LimitlessRangePodcast.com, or you can reach us by phone at 360-356-1699. Alright fellas, sitting here in my garage, looks beautiful outside, we got the garage door open so you never know if there's some trucks that fly by that interrupt us a little <laughs> bit, but man this is a uh, this is a cool little environment we got going on, something different. Petey Pablo, how's your week going my man? Uh, you know, it's been better, Yeah. You know, KD going down kind of sucked, but at least the Warriors came through so we should see him again. Yeah, that was a uh, that's a tough one, man. Tough for the whole league, man. I felt really bad for you when I saw that too. Just knowing, you know, and all KD fans, just him in general. But what about you, Dougie Fresh? Oh, I'm good. My team's doing great. Yeah, protesting. <laughs> yeah, LeBron James hasn't missed a shot yet. You know. Yeah, that's this huge. Whole month. <laughs> that's huge, man. Protests outside of Staples Center. That's yeah, that's impressive. Finally, oh no, yeah, it's really fun. It's impressive to see your team finally rallying together for something. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, Dougie, lead us in, man. What do we got going on today? Well, of course, we want to talk playoffs. Um, and I figured we'd just lead off with what's fresh on our minds. We're recording this on a Saturday morning. So last night, uh, the oh. Golden State Warriors once again dispatched the Houston Rockets in the playoffs. And they're going to the Western Conference Finals. Uh, it was a great game, that's for sure. And the Rockets really put up a fight. But... Uh, Warriors playing without KD, you know, um, the Rockets were really doing well. CP3 was, uh, was doing great. They kind of just faltered down the stretch, seems like, and Curry turned it on. What do you think, Pete? What, what worked for the Warriors? What, what happened there? How did they take that at the end? You know, I think, um, they ran the Rockets offense. A lot of people don't realize that. They ran the high pick and roll with Draymond and Curry. And that look requires great defensive rotations. And if you don't have it down, you know, you're gonna get you're gonna get burned. Mm-hmm. It's really tough too to go from like playing a whole different style the entire series. And then, you know, the one luxury that they have is they have all these offensive sets without KD that they could run, and Houston hasn't seen. I should have known that Game 6 would be their best chance. They probably would have had a worse chance at winning Game 7 mm. because it, the Rockets would have had tape on them and would have had a better better preparation sure. for that high screen and roll. But, you know, basically they tried to trap Curry, worked in the first half, but when you have Draymond Green catching it high at the free throw line off the roll, he's not as good of a finisher as Capella. Everyone knows that. 
But when you're trapping the guard and the guy has to catch it at the free throw line, you'd much rather have Draymond Green than Capella. Yeah. Because if Capella catches it at the free lo- free throw line, he has no moves, no moves in his game to get a bucket, <laughs> and he's not a great passer. Right. Yeah. So, but when Draymond catches it, it becomes two on one because there's two guys up on Curry, and essentially it's four on three. You know? Yeah. So Draymond, if the corner the corner's gonna have to rotate to Draymond, that's the only way you can trap Curry and still stop the roller. Well when he rotates, Draymond's an excellent passer and he's just hitting the corner shooter. And if the guy, you know, doesn't rotate all the way, he just goes in for the layup. Well it's so. funny and and down the stretch in the in the second half, they had that lineup without Capella in it out on the court and they were doing okay, but it just what what why wasn't that working? I mean, they do that lineup. It was uh, Harden, Paul, Gordon, um, Tucker. They, they had Gerald Green in there, too. And Gerald Green, yeah. Well, it seemed like to me, I mean, to, just to feed off of Pete's point, I felt like the Rockets' game plan was to almost just let Iggy shoot whenever he wanted because, like Pete said, you know, Dray, they have to come in off the corner, and it was almost like they – they recognized that, and they were just like, we're just going to leave Iggy all game because he had so many wide-open looks, which, mm-hmm. I mean, that's really your best chance, right? Because Iggy's not the greatest three-point shooter. He, so it, he, it's like leaving him out on an island is like, we can live with this, you know? But Iggy knocked him down, he man. He made him pay. Yeah. <laughs> and Iggy is not very often, even wide open, usually he does not go five for eight. So... Really, they didn't do a terrible job. It's just the fact that the dude they left open and said, we need this guy to beat us, happened to be the guy that beat him. He finals MVP. The the thing is, is when you have a weakness on the court like that, when they hit, it's over. Mm -hmm. Like if I told you Amino's going to go five for eight tonight, Portland's going to win. Let's seriously. go! <laughs> no, no, but serious. I hope that happens tomorrow. You, you, you get what I'm saying because Aminu's the guy they're leaving, and he's the one that's doubling Dame and and creating the guy that's leaving Aminu's is the one that's creating havoc. You know, thus Aminu has to hit to relieve yeah. the pressure off them because once he starts hitting, now that guy leaves him less yeah. often. But if he's clanking it. He's, they're going to keep trapping. They're going to keep doubling the guards and making it harder for Damon CJ to cook. And so. and it seems like when they're doubling, what I kept seeing was when they'd leave a guy who they don't care if he shoots, like Looney, wide open. Those guys, even if they're not making a shot, they're making a great pass. And suddenly a couple passes later, a guy like Iggy is hitting a three or, you know, it's back to Clay or someone like that. You know, it's... It, when they the Warriors had guys on that even if not all of them could shoot like that, they could all pass well enough yeah, to, sure. to get and out th- of whatever situation they needed to. And I think last night, too, it's one of those things. I mean, it's, it's so funny you hear people, even yesterday on the podcast I'm listening to, talking about how maybe the Warriors, you know, KD's holding them back or things like this. Like, first of all, on the record, on the podcast, the Warriors know and everybody knows, and even in the press conference after the game, they said it. They need KD, man. If they're going to win a championship, they need KD. Mm-hmm. So don't don't let the narratives twist you around and make you feel like they can win without him. But when it came to last night, what you saw is some of the swagger I talked about with Steph. It's not necessarily KD's fault, but – 
Steph finally felt like he was the guy again, you know, so his ego was through the roof. Like, I'm finally this. Mm -hmm. And the Warriors knew they needed to play the best game of basketball. And I think you even heard Clay talking about it, you know. When we have KD, we know we can kind of trust it just to go get a bucket. But without him, he said, we felt like we had to make every pass perfect. We felt like we could, we tried not to, you know, make sure we turn over the ball less. We had to make sure we were doing all the right cuts and all the right things. And that's what they had to do to win. And so I felt like they were probably more focused than they've been in a long time because they knew they were missing the guy they needed the most. And, and I felt like that's just what we saw. So on the uh, the Rockets end, then, I mean, you can just say that the Warriors did a great job and, and took it from them. But if you're going to lay blame on anything on the Rockets end, what what happened? Who, who do you – who shoulders this blame, Pete? I mean, Mike D'Antoni shoulders a big piece of the pie, and you got to put it on James Harden. James Harden missed five free throws or something, I think mm. it was, four or five. Yeah. Chris Paul missed a clutch free throw down the stretch. He, Harden missed two of the the three-point foul he got. He missed two out of the three. Ugh. And it was just so unclutch. And you, he missed that first one. He cussed, you know, you could hear him say, you know, he just yells it out, and yeah. it's like, I don't know. It's a mic. It's like a, a micro version of like him choking. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like when mm-hmm. you see stuff like that, you know he's thinking about it. A lot of it too, from what I noticed, is just adjustments. Like, you know, games one and two, they ran the high pick and roll. The Warriors shut that shit down. Corner drop. KD Clay and Capella look lost. Mm-hmm. You know those first two games, and they won those two games. Game three and four, the Rockets made a huge adjustment in skipping it to the wing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so like they knew the cor- corner was going to drop, and they knew the wing was going to help on the corner. So it's basically when the corner drops, what happens is the wing defender has to play two, right? Right. They showed a bunch of times where Chris Paul and others weren't doing a good job playing two. You know, they would they would kind of like be hesitating one way and you know just the first guy who catches the ball could shoot which was normally Iggy so you got you got to do a lot of different things and and what I noticed was the Warriors when they were defending they made a huge adjustment because they went from the corner helping and the wing dropping to the corner which is how they played the first four games right to the corner helping and the wing staying put Mm-hmm, and it right. confused the Rockets because now it's like skip pass. Oh wait, that's not there anymore. Now the read is to the corner, but they're not going to notice that till they watch film. Yeah, and they're like, but now it's too late, you know. So a lot of that stuff is those little adjustments, those tiny little things that it's like you know rock paper scissors. You go back and forth, whatever you want to call it, but you you'll you'll see. The great teams make the adjustments they need to make. It's like a chess match. Sure. And that's, you know, they got checkmated. Yeah, Kerr just outcoached Dan Tony then. What, what do you think, Corey? I agree with Pete. Um, it, it definitely has got to fall on Dan Tony. Um, obviously, you know, I'm a big, big component of leadership and a dude getting his team ready. Um, and I felt like he just didn't have his team ready, whether, you know, with the X's and O's that Pete just did a great job breaking down or just also the mental, 
you know, toughness and and getting your team prepped and whether it's knowing what your team needs, whether that's a great pep talk, whether that's some sort of motivation, whether that's breaking down film correctly, whatever it is, he obviously didn't do a good enough job getting his team prepared, you know? And so then it falls next on the next leader, in my opinion, and that to me should be James Harden. And it's a combination of the two. Chris Paul's probably more of the leadership type of personality. Um, but even late in the game, you know, I felt like like Pete's talking. I felt like they made some James Harden, especially made some plays that looked like he was choking. As he said, you know, he cussed after that first free throw. He had three of them cussed after the first one, and then he goes and he misses the second one. It's like holy smokes, <laughs> you know. And then on top of that, when the game was, I think it was either a three point game or a five point game with like a minute and a half left. Mm-hmm. James Harden inbounds the ball basically straight to Clay Thompson, like. Threw oh it at his God, feet. That was the worst play I've ever seen. I was like, did LeBron just throw it off the backboard almost? Like, this was somewhat similar where you're just like, did he just yeah. fall asleep? Like, that guy's yeah. not in the same color jersey as you. Um, and that, to me, was basically the end of the game. I mean, yeah. that was the turning point had already happened, but that was kind of like, okay, we can still make a comeback, right? We can come down, hit a three. We can get, you know, within three. We can get within two. And all of a sudden, it was like, wow. Now, you know what, too? Watching that play tells you the mindset differences, right? With KD being out. One team came in with the mindset, like he said, Clay said, where we can't make any mistakes without KD. The other team came in with the mindset, well, KD's out. You know, we can F up, whatever. It don't matter. We're going to win this game. We're at home. It's like they they thought they were going to win it for sure and yeah. You could just tell like the focus from the Warriors was so much better than the focus from the Rockets. Yeah, you can talk about intangibles, clutch players, clutch teams and stuff and it was it was noticeable uh, this whole game, it was close. The Rockets were, you know, tied or leading for a lot of it. It was noticeable the difference in how they looked once that 2 minute mark hit. It was weird. It's like ridiculous. suddenly they just I don't so know. True. They you know, were scared. You know what's sad for the Rockets in general is now it takes away from their complaining about last year Chris Paul's injury. Because they yeah. all they said the whole offseason is, if we didn't lose Chris Paul, we would have won. Could you imagine if the Warriors lost one of their best players for the last two games <laughs> yeah. of the series? What would happen to them? We and, definitely would beat them. And Chris Paul was cooking in this game, too. Yeah. So it's like, y'all lost Chris Paul. We lost the best player on the planet and still beat you. So we really don't want to hear your com- complaints about last year. Yeah. yeah, it looks bad. I mean, it, it's not a great look for KD, but it's an even worse look for the Rockets because it's like, you know, they're they're thinking that, oh, well, y'all are stacked. You know, adding KD is unfair to the league. And then they go and beat you without KD. Yikes. So yeah. it's like... With no bench. It's pretty humiliating if Yikes. you're the Rockets. You almost just want to tuck your head in the sand like an ostrich. <laughs> you know, just like not talk to anybody, look yeah, at anybody. I'm sure. That's a brutal loss for their fan base. That sucks. Yeah. Like, I, man. Yeah, dude. I saw a picture of some guys like, I, I skipped my college graduation for this. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no. it's like, go Rockets. Oh, jeez. like, oh, oh that's got to suck. I know the feeling, man. I know the feeling of being in an arena in a big moment and you're team not pulling through man it's you know you do yeah. feel bad for the fans because i know that feeling and one team wins sucks. one team loses nope. Shit, so the feeling 
So like you go to all their like epic game winners, right? Games. Yeah. I mean, I know the feeling of the internet too. <laughs> I know. Ups and the downs. I know, I know both feelings. And they're they're the highest of the highs, and they are the fucking lowest game of the lows. Lords game winner, quadruple <laughs> overtime winner. I know you know the feeling, bro. You can't relate to that guy. <laughs> Well, I was dumb enough not to skip my graduation, all right? <laughs> so, uh, so Warriors move on. Uh, we've got Game 7s coming up tomorrow as of this recording, so we're not sure who they're going to be facing, the Blazers or the Nuggets. Just real quick, who do you think takes that series? Who do you think the Warriors want to take this series? Who do the Warriors want to play? Man. This is a tough one, man. Probably gonna have to go with Denver's gonna take it tomorrow. I got a feeling. Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. Man, I got faith in my Blazers. I, I don't know what it was after game five. I just had a really good feeling going into game six. Um, and it was weird because I, I didn't have a good feeling going into game five. Mm-hmm. And I had hope, but I still was like, I don't know why I'm feeling like this. And I got smacked. So mm-hmm. I don't know if there's correlation there or whatnot, but like, I felt good in game six. I was like, I think we're going to get this. And I feel really good about tomorrow, which scares me a little bit because that's that, you know, that feeling you can be let down when you feel like that. But for some reason, I just feel really good. Yeah, um, you're being recorded right now. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> man. I mean, you're going to blast. If the Blazers lose tomorrow, go ahead and hit us up and blast the hell out of me, man. It's, it, it is what it is. But um, after game five's loss, and this is why I love Damian Lillard, man, and all his players said it. So after game five's loss, Dame created a a group text, and it's been I, I, I read this on ESPN, ESPN or Yahoo, I can't remember which one, but he started a group text of to all his guys, and he just said, "Hey, we're not done yet. Yeah. We're gonna go get Game Six, and we'll be back here for Game Seven. We're not done." And I all his players, I guess, like got the text, and they all just like started texting back and forth in the group wow. text, and all of them were just like. Yeah, man, like, I'm going to do this. Like, we got this. Like, blah, blah, Like, what a family would do through adversity. And that's what you get from the Portland Trailblazers, and that's why I fucking love this group. Yeah. So you and think that, they take it? I think that's I think that's a big reason why I think they're going to take Game 7. I just got a feeling that, like I said, man, when the back's against the wall, you get a dude from Oakland who's been through some adversity in his life, who's been an underdog story, who's always been counted out, and everybody's saying now that Denver's going to take it back home. And I just feel like he's the type of dude to get us through it. And, and you know, I share with both of you guys for the podcast, I don't know if any, you know, everybody else out there follows Damian Lillard, but, you know, we saw in the last series when, you know, dudes talk some smack to him. We saw what happened. And Dame's not the type of dude to really talk smack to other players on social media or anything like that. But yesterday I saw him post a, a picture of the Denver Nuggets bench after game five. He was, it looks like he was watching film or something. And he caught one of the dudes flipping off the Blazers from the bench. And all he did was no caption, like no LOL, nothing. Just a little red circle and just posted it on social media. And I feel like, I don't know, man. Dame's a bad boy. I can see him going out there shutting that dude up. So, well, do you think? Uh, do you think the Warriors would rather see the Nuggets or the Blazers? Do you think it I plays know, right man. into them? I, I think that's a tough question because I, I don't know who they would rather see. I think both teams are really tough. I think they both. They have different matchup issues. I think Jokic is, as Pete said, and I agree with them, the best big in the league. And and I don't know if I don't know if the freaking Warriors want to see that man. I feel like the Blazers, 
kind of match up more similarly to how they do, you know, with the two the two small guards that, uh, you know, can, can shoot from anywhere. And uh, I feel like they match up a little bit better with Portland, to be honest. You yeah. know, I think Millsap and Jokic would cause some issues on the offensive glass, just like, you know, we saw with the Rockets causing mm-hmm. some issues, you know. And I think, uh, you know, I, if I was the Warriors, I would I would rather see the Nuggets, to be or I'd rather see the Blazers, yeah. to be honest. But What, what do you think, Pete? Who do you think takes the series first off? You know, so we can get this prediction on record. Right this, is, this is a, a coin flip. Because the way I look at it is Jokic has been the best player in the series. I doubt any of you guys would argue that. Yeah. But that being said, the Portland guards are the most important players in the series. Because when one of them blow up, they win. And Jokic is, has a consistent good game every mm-hmm. game, even when they lose. Right. So who's more important? It's like if, if if you the thing is is you're telling me it's it's on Dame or CJ. One of them blows up, and the other one has to you know just play okay, and they're most likely gonna win the game. Now there's a good chance they don't blow up, and that's yeah. how they'll lose. But you're basically betting on. You know, is Lillard going to step up and blow up? Or even CJ is a backup plan if Lillard's not having it going? That, to me, gives them a good chance to win because I believe in those guys. Mm -hmm. So I I think the problem is is Portland is the better team because the way you want to view it is both teams at their best, right? Okay, And if Portland's at its best and Denver's at its best, Portland's going to win, in my opinion. The only problem is, is Portland is more likely to not be at its best. Yeah, you know, they've been a model of consistency, and, and that's Denver when Denver is. can slip in, win the game. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Lillard. I'm gonna okay. go with Lillard. I picked Love Denver to win this series, but Rip City. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, I, be, I believe in Lillard and CJ's, you know, proving me wrong. So I'm gonna flip my pick and, and go with my gut. It's telling me Lillard's gonna blow up. So do you think, uh, and especially with a, a couple games of KD being out with an injury, who do the Warriors want to face more then? You know, this is a great question, right? You know, my my initial reaction is Denver. They, they would rather play Portland, right? Okay. Because the thing with Portland is, is you're going to get two guards guarding each other, right? So they tire each other out. Right, so like when Clay's going against CJ or it's Curry's going against Dame, they're not going to be at their maximum defensive effort. Whereas the guys on Denver, they're asked to just focus on defense and spot up. Right, you see what I'm saying? So like, you know, Craig and um, what's the guy like? What's his Gary name? Harris? Gary Harris. They when you're only asked to play defense, that's when you get those Kawhi Leonard Defensive Player mm-hmm. of the Year. Sure, you know. He doesn't look like that now, but he did when he was only asked to play defense, right? For sure. But here's the here's the catch, right? We were talking about the high pick and roll earlier, right? Well, I can't picture Jokic guarding that. Yeah. Or even Millsap. Right. So imagine when he, you know, someone's got to pick up Draymond on the roll and they're trying to trap Curry or whatever. They don't have the speed to play the pick and pick and roll. If Draymond's setting a screen for Curry and Curry's looking to shoot from forty. Jokic can't hedge. Jokic can't help. You know, but it's very. Man. It'd be a very similar matchup to what Portland's looking like against them. So I'm in agreement, and they're going to do the same thing they did to Portland. 
which is leave a Minu on an island and hope a Minu can't hit, they would have to do the same thing with covering that pick and roll. They're going to have to do the same thing. They're going to have to leave Iggy, Iggy wide open. Yes. And so it'd, it'd be really interesting. I will say, too, just to touch on this before we change the subject, is they Portland made a great adjustment, and Pete actually called that they should do this when I talked to him on the phone. The amount of minutes that Rodney Hood played, first of all, I fucking love you, Rodney Hood. <laughs> Second of all, the amount of minutes that he played compared to Aminu, I think Aminu only played like 13 minutes in this game. Mm-hmm. I, I call that. He called it. About that. So this is why I wanted, I wanted to give it out to Pete for this because he did call it. Um, Rodney Hood can spread the floor to where you can't leave him open, right? So when we talk about this, but the second thing he did, Pete, that I noticed in this game is he backs up Jamal Murray like nothing, right? He plays this bully basketball. So if you keep going to him, so this is what Jamal Murray's been able to do in the first five games. He was able to cover Mo Harkless, who is not an offensive threat at all, right? He's kind of like a get an offensive rebound, can kind of spread the floor, but not the greatest, more of a defensive player. Now he was having to cover Rodney Hood, who was just tearing him up, just backing him down, backing him down, backing him down. And now Jamal Murray had to come on the other side and try to run one of the best pick and rolls that, uh, you know, we've seen in a long time. And Jamal Murray looked tired. This is the first time in this series where I was like, because I kept asking, I'm like, how is Jamal Murray playing goddamn 100 minutes a game, it feels like, <laughs> and still running pick and roll, hitting crazy shots? And we did not see this in this game. And I think if it continues tomorrow and Jamal's got to cover Rodney Hood for a bunch of minutes... I could see Jamal Murray going missing again because that's a tough-ass cover. And then the Blazers could try to do the same thing to the Warriors, too, if they do do make it through. Yeah, yeah, that's Absolutely. a great point. Either yeah. way... Uh, because you're talking about... you, you, you Essentially, if I'm, if I'm Portland, I want to get a lineup out there where all five guys can make Steph pay. Yeah. Seriously. Because, mm-hmm. you know, if Steph's guarding CJ, CJ's going to cook him. Okay? We all know Steph can't play D. If if Steph's guarding Dame, he's gonna cook him. If he's guarding Rodney Hood, barbecue chicken in the post. You know what I'm saying? So you yeah. got Keenis Canner. He can't guard Canner. No. So they're gonna probably put him on Harkless or whoever the fifth guy is. If you get a shooter out there or someone that can create his own shot, anything like that. Yeah, it's you know it's gonna be real hard masking Steph's defensive inabilities. It'll be well, crazy. And we'll see. Uh, and, and, City. and if Denver makes it, too, I was thinking of your point from earlier just about uh, Dan Tony getting totally outcoached by Kerr. It's like, I don't know how Mike Malone is going to fare going this far into the playoffs, too. Either the one way, thing I'll say is, is Golden State can't run small ball with that lineup. You know, Hampton's five? No. It ain't happening. Yeah. Because Jokic will have 40 rebounds. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. He's one, you know, he's just too much of a beast. And who's gonna, you know, if PJ Tucker was grabbing all those offensive rebounds, imagine mm-hmm. Jokic seven foot, big monster who's got just great anticipation for where the ball's going. You know, he's killing all offensive glass against another great rebounder in Canner. Yeah. You know, yeah. now imagine an undersized Draymond Green trying to box him out or something. Mm-hmm. Be yeah. way tougher. Yeah. Well, let's For move sure. move over to the Eastern Conference a little earlier into the podcast than we usually do. But <laughs> right. of course, as everyone knew, my prediction came through. Bucks uh, beat the Boston Celtics in five yeah, games. Props to you. Yeah. yeah, props to you, Dougie. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people had that. But 
Um, but yeah, I mean, Charles just Barkley rattled off four in a row. And uh, who do you think? I mean, there's all the obvious takes about Giannis being unstoppable and stuff. But let's kind of do the same thing that we uh, that we were just doing with the Warriors Rockets series. Who do you think really won this series, Corey, or 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 lost it? You know, like who's to blame for Boston? Yeah, yeah sure. I mean, I definitely think Brad Stevens, I think it falls the exact same way I have it in Houston. I view it the exact same way. Most of it has to fall on Brad Stevens. You can't, there's people out there talking about, you know, Danny Ainge and stuff. And, and I can kind of see that in a way because, you know, I don't think this team has the firepower that a lot of people thought. But Danny Ainge has done a great job, man, with getting picks and getting and trading them and utilizing them and moving up in drafts. And he's just done a great job there. So I don't feel like this can really fall on him much. Um, I do feel like Brad Stevens is the type of dude who is really great at the X's and O's, but falls back on, on the fact that I've talked about a lot with leadership. And when you get a team, if you get a team that fully buys into Brad Stevens and it's just like a hundred percent, they're like a team, they're a unit. He can coach that. But what Brad Stevens has shown that he can't do is when he's got a group that kind of argues in the locker room and there's not a chemistry and there's some adversity and there's this and that. It, he's shown that he can't really figure out a way to get a unit to connect on all cylinders. And then it falls next to me on Kyrie. And I feel like mm-hmm. I just got the feeling that he was already one step out the door for some reason in this series. Like it just, I don't know. It had that feeling to me. Um, and, and I do, I, I, I mean, I don't think he had all the help that we felt like he had, but at the same time, Kyrie asked for this man Kyrie asked to be traded because he wanted to his reason was he wanted to be the guy so to me it's like how are you gonna ask to be the guy and then bitch about the guys you got around you like you wanted to be the guy and now you're like well no I want to be the guy but I want to have you know really good guys around me that are okay with me being the guy like bitch you can't have four superstars and everyone's not going to be like Kyrie you're still the guy I know I'm one of the best in the world but I'm going to go ahead and let you be the guy LeBron's never going to let you be the guy KD's never going to let you be the guy Steph's never going to harden all these dudes no one is going to Kawhi no one's going to join you and just be like Kyrie you're okay buddy you're the guy so if you want to be the number one then you really you really got to figure out a way to be a leader and help a group of dudes and not just bitch about them not stepping up for you. I mean, that's just my opinion. So a lot a, a lot of it does fall on Kyrie. Sure. What do you think, Pete? I mean, do, even if Kyrie had stepped up, I mean, do you think this Boston team was going to win either way? No. <laughs> no, I mean, for me, it's, you know, you always got to go. A lot of times you got to go with the head coach. You know, Brad Stevens, I'm with Corey on that. For sure. And, yeah, Kyrie deserves blame, too. I would put him third. The only guy I honestly don't blame in this series is Al, Al Horford. You know? Mm-hmm. Played with a lot of heart. Played yeah. physical. But second blame goes to the the star, the supposed stars that were helping Kyrie. <laughs> Gordon Hayward, bro. MIA. Tatum. Jason Tatum. Mm-hmm. Brick, brick, brick. Jalen Brown. Jokester. You know, so a lot of it for me is just like, you know, when I watched those games, I saw, this is what I saw. I saw Kyrie trying to get those guys involved, then bricking shot after shot. 
I've never seen, like, dude, Tatum missed so many wide open shots. It's so deflating. So Kyrie's playing the brand of basketball they want. He was trying to get them going, dude. Every game I watched, he was trying to get them going. And then when they struggled, he tried to do the thing a superstar does is take over, and he failed at it. Mm-hmm. So to me, I, it's really hard for me to hate him like completely for that. He did choke. He didn't come through. He shot like crap. But the eye test showed me what I wanted to see from him. Try to get his teammates involved. If they're choking, try to carry it. He's yeah. not the kind of star that can carry. He's not KD. That's what we see with KD. KD's trying to get Clay and Steph going, right? When they're cold, that's when he goes ISO. It's exactly what Kyrie did. The only difference is he wasn't hit like KD was, you know? Yeah. And um, to me, that was huge. Cause, but now, I would have blamed Kyrie more had he came out and just been the guy shooting a bunch of shots and going 4 for 18 and, and ignoring his teammates and killing their style of offense. But I didn't see that from the games I watched. So... That's why I put him third on the blame chart. He does get some of that pie. Corey's right. But I'm going to give more of that pie to Gordon Hayward, uh, Tatum, and Brown. Just really underachievers. And and honestly, they really haven't really done anything in their career. I, I don't know why we put them on this pedestal, you know. And, you know, we're, we're basically coming well, you know, to the season call. You know why they put them on the pedestal. It's because of the seven-game series against yeah, the oh, yeah, and the Cavs. Right? A bunch of kids pushed Braun to seven, and now they're all... <laughs> Superstars. It's true because think about it. They pushed Braun to seven, made a name for themselves because obviously that you know LeBron has a lot of viewers. It was that Tatum dunk. Tatum man. dunked on LeBron, but at the same time, they really haven't achieved shit. And we came into this season thinking Jason Tatum was going to uh, approach superstardom, mm-hmm. and he honestly didn't even play like a star. No, yeah. and that's facts. So however you want to cut, however you want to cut it, you know. I'm not going to disagree with Corey's point, but at the same time, it's like we had one star. Let's say Kyrie didn't play like a superstar, right? He played bad, but he was the one star on the team. He really had no other star help. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Compared to what we thought he had. You know, going into the series, we thought Gordon Hayward was a star. We thought Jason Tatum was a star. We thought Jalen Brown was a really good player with star potential. And none of them really lived up to any of those expectations for me. Yeah. And, and Kyrie's a great closer, but is he is he great at, at when you're down 20 and you need a guy that can score 20 points, you know, in a quarter? Yeah. You know, he needs his teammates to help him put in position put him in position to close the game. Mm-hmm. Is the way I looked at it. Cause you know, Kyrie never really had a chance to close any games. It was more he had to, you know, use his offensive prowess to keep him keep him afloat. You know, I got yeah. a I got a question for both of you guys. Can Kyrie be the number one on a championship team? I mean, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I agree with Doug. I think he can. You know, who do you put? I mean, who do you, you put around to, him then? Because it's like on paper, you looked at Boston. You know, and like you guys were saying from the beginning of the season, on paper it looks great. That's why, like you were saying, you can't blame Danny Ainge for putting this team together. If everyone is looking at it on paper and be like, wow, if they underachieve from what you're seeing, automatically you can't blame the GM for putting this together. Yeah. But there's something to be said for not the the pieces not clicking into place the right way, you know. Um, <laughs> although, I mean, and... and they got to this point with Kyrie being this shitty leader 
the whole season. You know, it's not like it suddenly changed in the playoffs and his leadership skills were lacking. But you he, don't have you know, to be you don't have to be a great leader to get your team through a regular season. At, in the regular season, right. you just have to be a, a, a star with some decent players around you, especially in the Eastern Conference, and you're going to get to the playoffs. But you have to have that, in my opinion, to win a championship. But I think if there, if things were working better chemistry wise from the get go, it's just kind of snowballs. Kyrie is going to be you know, happier. He's going to be playing well, like he has been, and he's going to be leading the team all right. I th- I just think it's possible. I don't think it's likely, Yeah, honestly. I mean, you got to have another big star with him. I for mean, sure. it's for worked sure. for him before. Pete, what do you think? Uh, I think he's already been the best player on a championship team. <laughs> <laughs> oh! Just, You're like, yeah, know, 2016. Hit the game hit the game winner biggest shot so I mean he's already yeah, proved it bro true. what do you yeah, want from yeah, me oh man I thought that's, that's awesome no, wow. no, real, real quick real quick though I'll just you know I'll just not being a fool but um yeah I, I, I think he can a lot of it you know it's tough to win a championship bro you know Damian Lillard I think Damian Lillard could be a, a, a championship player on a championship team but you still got a lot of tough ass teams out there yeah, you know what yeah. I mean dude I thought Boston was going to play well, and I still had Milwaukee winning in six. Right. So, I to me, they were just the inferior team. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't think that they were going to choke as bad as they did, and I still picked Milwaukee in six because I just thought Milwaukee had the better player, more talent. And when your best player is a little guy versus the freak, you know, of nature, you know what I mean? Like, like yeah. imagine if they were going against Portland. You know, then it becomes a Dame Kyrie battle. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's more mano y mano instead of like, well, hey, can Kyrie, uh, can Kyrie take down this seven foot freak yeah, who right. does everything and rim protects and is all over the place? And he, and Kyrie can't even guard him. So he can't even be like the guy to be like, well, I'll take him, you know? Yeah, and so if you can't just, compare him straight across, it's really hard, then it's you know, like you're comparing compare systems two. and rosters. I'm telling you right now, he couldn't take down Dame either. So. No, I, I'm with you. If I if they were going head to head, I got damn ahead of them. But yeah. but I think I it would be saying, a lot though. more compelling. And you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, no. I him get... and him and Dame going back and forth gives him more right? an opportunity. Yeah, yeah. So For sure. So but instead of I think he could. So moving on from the the negative end and casting the blame on these underachieving Boston Celtics, I mean, you know, we can't just gloss over the fact that Milwaukee, like I said, is superior team. Fantastic, and they just keep doing what they're doing, um, like we did with the Western Conference. Uh, you know, we got a Game Seven going in the Eastern Conference, Philly versus Toronto. Who do you think the Bucks want to see more? I, I like this question. Mm. Who do you think matches up with the Bucks more? Because it's starting to look like nobody matches up with the Bucks very well at all. What, what do you think, Corey? Man, this is a this is a good question. To be honest with you, I think I think the Bucks would rather see Toronto. Yeah, I don't know the way that Toronto's looked recently. Looks like they're just all gonna let Kawhi Leonard try to carry them. Kyle Lowry is Kyle Lowry. <laughs> I mean, I just uh, I don't know, man. I feel like. Philly looks like they have an opportunity to, and and I'm gonna go out on record and say that that I think Philly's actually gonna upset Toronto tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know why. I feel like uh, 
I feel like Joel Embiid has this weird, like, itch for a storyline. He loves to create drama. He's the type of dude that should have been on, like, Desperate Housewives or something. <laughs> and, like, he's created this opportunity and this storyline for his team. And I feel like you got Jimmy Butler, you got Joel Embiid, you got, I, I mean, I just feel like that team is scarier. If they come together, if Philly comes together and plays their best basketball, I just feel like they're scarier than what Toronto would be able to create. Um, so I think they would rather see Toronto. Sure. You agree, Pete? <sighs> Man, the one reservation, I, I agree with him, but the one reservation I have is Giannis has had his best games against Philly. Yeah. So, like, he's dropped 50 on them. He's, you know, if you go look at all his games, so it's like, do they not have a defensive answer for him or a right. game plan? Well, does anyone? So, and then also on the other end, he could. Could you imagine Giannis playing the free safety role? Put Giannis on Simmons and let Please. him help everybody. Doing what Kawhi was doing. Yeah, if you want to or say what that, Kawhi was yeah, attempting, what attempting to do. To do. Right. Sure, at the beginning oh, of the series. series. But, but I, I kind of agree with Corey at the same time because it's like... Toronto just I just can't Weird. see anybody on offense going at Milwaukee and like really making it a game. Whereas I could see Embiid still dropping forty to answer Greeks forty five and, mm-hmm. and we'd be like, wow, this is a dope back. Maybe it's just battle. the series the maybe it's because we want to see that Philly Bucks series, oh, man. Yeah. Those two games this year, like you're talking about with him dropping all you know, Giannis dropping the those, those were games, games were like it's two of the funnest games I watched well, all year. I guess year. that's a good question, too. Which series do you guys want to see? And that that's Milwaukee sure versus Philly, Philly, huh? Yeah. Toronto's boring is yeah. boring to me. It's five out with Kawhi Leonard, who it's you know he's doing some cool things, but it's it's one of the more boring five out teams. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like. You're, most, like, you're yawning like, as he's dribbling. Yeah, gee, like, oh, a, nice. a team led by Kawhi Leonard is boring. Yeah. yeah. It really we is. We all saw that coming. Yeah. yeah. For real. <laughs> oh, for sure. And, and I uh, think, you know, I, I want the Philly series because we we all crave a little bit of drama, man. And I feel like mm-hmm. Philly brings that. You just don't know what you're going to get. Is Joel Embiid going to wake up and be sick to play? And we're like, well, there's another storyline. There's... You know, Jimmy Butler going to go ape shit. Well, there's another storyline. Or is Simmons not going to be able to help out the team and has nine turnovers, two assists, and didn't freaking score? Holy crap. Like, I feel like there's just so much stuff in Philly that it's just like, I don't know, man. I feel like that creates great drama and, and great TV. And like, the, yeah, the Kawhi Leonard, ugh. I yeah. might not even watch that series. And on the court and off the court, yeah. Philly and Milwaukee have been great, too. I mean, and Giannis is fun. He yeah. has some real good low-key trash talk. And then Milwaukee, did you see them? They tweeted uh, out a thing of, uh, I forget who in Boston said, no one can beat us in seven games. You know, Kyrie. And, and so, uh, yeah, and so Milwaukee, they, they tweeted out. They said, oh, should we keep playing then? Or? Yeah. <laughs> Savage. It's pretty so, funny. Yeah. You know, the biggest thing for me is, you know, Kawhi Leonard ain't even guarding Jimmy Butler. You know, and that's yeah. the only reason why they're in the series. Jimmy Butler has been cooking, and even the game that Embiid had a big game. Did you guys see Jimmy mic'd up? Did you see that? Mm-mm. He was like, Embiid wasn't shooting at first. Remember that big game Embiid had? I Jimmy's like, that. dude, shoot the ball, I shoot just, yeah. the ball. He's their leader. Yep. He's their closer, and he's he's running the pick and pop, pick and roll with Embiid, and it's hard to guard. And 
it's to me it's like if Kawhi can't check Jimmy Butler, how's he gonna check Giannis? You know? Do you so. think do you think Philly is going to keep Jimmy Butler? Do you think they're gonna give him a max? Where do you think he, he's doing next yes. year? Yes. Yeah? Done. Done. He earned it in the playoffs as being their best, most consistent player. If they don't keep him, if you're a Philly fan, you gotta be feeling like shit. The fans and the owner and everybody. I think the guy who's become expendable is Tobias Harris. Yeah. yeah. You know, he hasn't really stepped up. This series would be over had he hit corner threes. He was the Aminu that game. Freaking wide open corner threes, bro. Yeah. He true. you know, that's facts. You know, Iggy went five for eight. That's the difference between Winning a series and losing a series. Yep. Tobias Harris is supposed to be a dope-ass spot-up three-point shooter, and he couldn't hit anything wide open. So, he, you know, he's costing himself a lot of money in this playoffs, I feel like. You know, because there's playoff players, and then there's, you know, Jimmy's a playoff player. And I've always been a fan of him. You know, I know Corey's liked him, even though he kind of didn't like how he handled shit in Minnesota. He liked him as a player. Mm-hmm. The dude's a gamer. Mm-hmm. That's facts. And speaking of Tobias Harris, geez, we were already saying that Philly's pretty scary. And that's, I mean, if Tobias Harris comes on too, man, they're, they're looking good. Yeah, so. he's due. He's he due. So, yeah. might well, be tomorrow. We'll, we'll see in that game seven. Yeah. We'll see what the. Some and, big games come tomorrow. Wow. If you're looking for a great deal on authentic NBA jerseys and apparel, You've got to use the NBA Store. Limitless Range has partnered with the NBA Store to get you big discounts on real NBA gear, including up to 60% off all clearance items when you visit LimitlessRangePodcast.com slash store. Don't search the internet all day for cheap knockoffs or used jerseys. Get real, authentic apparel at really great prices. And support Limitless Range while you're doing it. Visit LimitlessRangePodcast.com slash store today and get everything you need to rep your favorite team limitlessrangepodcast.com slash store okay getting out of playoff talk here and more to off-season talks we were talking about Kyrie having one foot out the door and all that too so a lot of rumors about where Kyrie's going. Ballify NBA, friends on Twitter, uh, check out their stuff. They've got a, a great NBA podcast as well. Ballify asked us, if Kyrie went to the Nets instead of the Knicks, as some uh, of the rumors are out there, do you think he could coexist with D'Angelo Russell? Do you think that would be a, an interesting fit or not? What do you think, Pete? Well, I mean, D'Angelo's going to be locked up right now. I'm just playing. <laughs> right, yeah. It's gonna be he, does some, he does have some good weed. Does Kyrie like to smoke? <laughs> right. Probably, if you think the earth is flat. Then. <laughs> you know, I, I really don't like the fitting. I, I think that, you know, they could make it work. And it would probably be Russell sacrificing some of his game. I couldn't see Kyrie... You know, at the age he's at and stuff, sacrificing much to play with a bunch of young guys. You know what mm. I mean? And he's already kind of dealing with that now. Yeah. You know, it, like I, he's sacrificing to sacrifice a bunch. Like with, with Boston, right? You know, the Boston Milwaukee series. 
the difference to me in that series is is the role players on that team are better than the role players on Boston, right? And the role players on that team buy in to letting Greek be the man. Mm-hmm. So now you have play, role players that aren't even as good as the role players on the other team, and they don't even, and they're not even buying into Kyrie. You know what I mean? So I can't see. I'm not. I, I don't really like it to answer that question. Yeah. I, I don't like Kyrie and uh, D'Angelo Russell together. I don't think it'd be a good fit. It'd be too. You know, even though those guys are very selfless, just having two guards and not knowing who to go to. It wouldn't be very, like, Damon CJ type of, you know, shooting guards pairing. You don't think it would well, really here's the work thing. like that? that? This is the biggest problem. Dame is the leader. CJ it's buys clear, into that. Yeah, clear if, cut. If, if CJ had the personality, like, man, I'm supposed to shine. I'm supposed to be the best player. It would never work. But the fact, you know, I got to respect CJ in the fact that he is – all about the team, and he lets Dame, t- Dame take over, and he gives the ball to Dame in the clutch, and he's never crying about. It. He's almost like a Clay Thompson, you know. Mm-hmm. So sure. you got to have those. When you have a star player who's willing, who doesn't care about his shots and the shine, that's the best role player you can have, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Someone who's a star who yeah. isn't jealous of his teammates' shine. And that's like a Clay or a CJ. Yeah. And those are the best teammates you want. Could you imagine the media just field day with these two, though? I feel like <laughs> D'Angelo Russell has just like been in the media for the weirdest shit, right? I mean, his <laughs> shit in L.A. and now this stuff. And the media loves to attack Kyrie because he just... Because he, he loves to ha- attack the media, Yeah, too. he loves to handle oh, God. I just feel like... Oh, man. And, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, that's a great question, though, Doug, about Damon, CJ, you know, and, and the Clay and, and Steph type of um, duos and backcourts. Um, they're fun to watch. I don't think these two could become that. In, in my opinion, I mean, I, I do like Kyrie, but at the same time, like, I feel like both of these players, like, think they're better than they actually are. I don't know. I get this feeling mm. from those two. Like, I, I think Kyrie is dope. I think he's a great player. But I think Kyrie in his mind, which it is, you know, it is what it is. But I think Kyrie thinks he's like the best player on the planet in his mind. I don't know. Like, sometimes the way he treats his teammates, the way he treats the media, the way he treats people, like, I feel like he just kind of like, you know, I don't know. That's all I get from him. Yeah, and then a lot Russell, of players are probably like that. Too. They probably but are. Some you're, no, you're right. More than others. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They're all confident, you know, and you got to be confident to be in those in those shoes. But I just don't feel like, like Pete said, either one of these would. I think they would give each other a little bit. They do have, you know, an ability to be a little bit selfless, I guess. But I don't think they have enough of the CJ and Clay type of mentality. Neither one of them, and. Uh, Neither one of them are leaders to me. They're not leadership type of personalities. And that's, you know, to me, I, I, you know, with Golden State, you know, they've always had the Draymond, you know, and they, if they didn't have the Draymond, I don't know, necessarily know if, you know, that team would have been as good at that point either. I feel like you have to have somebody, and I'm trying to think on Brooklyn, you know, who that necessarily could be. Um, I don't think they necessarily have that. They that, do have a really that engine. Yeah, they do have a really anchor. fun like young group that could stretch the floor, and they seem like you know it would be a lot of fun to play yeah. on that team. It'd be but... a good spot for like KD or Leonard. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah, Kawhi yeah. Leonard. Because then they would complement yeah. each other. Yeah. And, and playing off what Corey's saying too is like you know we're giving credit to CJ and Clay, saying they don't have that guy, but they also don't have the leadership of Steph and Dame. Mm-hmm. 
You know, yeah. the reason why that works is because Dame is a great leader. His great leadership is probably what helped CJ buy into his role of letting Dame be the man. That's a great point. Same even after the, even after the game the other day when they they talked about Dame's leadership, you know, and how impressed they thought he was, and he's just like, well, in all honesty, like. I got great leaders around me, you know, you know, he doesn't always get the credit, but CJ is, you know, an absolute huge leader for us and all this stuff and gave all the praise to CJ, you know, gave all the praise to the rest of the team and all this stuff. And I just don't necessarily see those. I don't see Kyrie having that like Pete's talking about. And that's huge because that gives CJ at least like, well, at least I know my leader will, will step up for me when I need. I don't really see Kyrie doing that for, for guys. That's why it's, it's hard to see those teams break up, right? Everyone's like, "Oh, Clay's gonna stay." What? What's what superstar shooting guard would want to stay and be the third option or whatever second option to Curry? He him because of Curry's leadership. Yeah. What superstar in you know or at least a star in CJ's case, where he could go have his own team. He mm-hmm. could do what Harden wanted and you know go carry his own team and be the man. But he wants to win a championship and he loves playing with Dame. Yeah. That's huge. It might have worked with Kyrie and LeBron if LeBron was the type of dude that exactly. after the finals was like, hey, I appreciate all the credit, but my boy Kyrie just hit the biggest shot I've ever seen. That's my dude. <laughs> yeah. Dude, and I he, couldn't agree more. I was actually going to say that. You took the words right out of my mouth. I swear to oh, God. Oh, my bad. No, no. I like that, that we're on the same page. I, I couldn't agree more. Think about it. Those little things. Think about if LeBron said, damn, man, that – Clutch ass shot, Kyrie. He didn't want to give him no credit. He didn't want any headline to be Kyrie hit the biggest shot. He wanted all the credit, and that's partially what broke them apart. Yeah. You know, a lot of people say, "Oh, Kyrie had to grow up and learn." It was both of them. They both needed to grow up and learn that you guys need each other mm-hmm. and give each other credit. You know, because that's how you guys won. And yeah. you know, look at Kobe and Shaq. They look back now and they're like, "Damn, man, we could have won five, six if we just." Yeah. We just believed in each other and wanted us both to shine that, and no egos. Point. We could have fucking won so much more. Yeah, that's but a great point. because we we both had that ego and wanted to be the man, it was like it is tough. Apart. I mean, it's tough to have a selfless guy make it to the NBA in general. You know, it's you, like you got you, you gotta have both. You've been the best player for a long time. Yeah, it's it's you, only certain situations yeah, this comes both. up. You gotta have both, Doug. I got a question for you. Just going off of this Kyrie thing, I I was shocked that I even heard this, but there's a lot of people talking that they feel like Kyrie and LeBron should team up next year, and they think that Kyrie is possibly thinking about yeah, this. Yeah, supposedly it's a legitimate rumor. That like, was uh, that was on Bill that? Simmons. Uh, yeah. Someone told him that um, that's the real reason they passed over Ty Lue. It was that uh, Kyrie won't play for Ty Lue. And I, I Kyrie is thinking that. about going to LA. What do you? Do you I don't even you want see to those think two about together it. again. This is the dumbest <laughs> rumor I've ever heard. You want to talk about the weakest move? This would be weaker than KD's move. Like, because oh I, I mean, not really. If but Kyrie said, "Take me back, bro." You look oh, like the man. biggest bitch in the world. I just can't imagine. He apologized, him doing that. but he apologized. Yeah, they had dinner Dude. or something like that, right? You know, I, I can't see it <laughs> happening. You know, if people take that apology. You know, I, I heard a really good, and I thought this too, but a really good, someone on the jump was saying, uh, that was that was a ploy to get his teammates to buy into him. That's all it was. 
He was basically yeah. trying. He was no seriously. He was trying to tell them like, "Yo, I was young and immature too when I played with LeBron." Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I wish I didn't do that. Like, yo, y'all are acting young and really, stupid. Yeah, it was you really guys buy me and treat me like LeBron. Wow, yeah. that's a great point. You know, he was. Tr- it was reverse psychology, bro. He was trying to plant a seed and have them think like, "Wow, he's right." You know, he's he's owning up to his mistake. Yeah. He's the LeBron in this situation yes. now. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. what he was trying to do. I, I don't think he wants to play with LeBron. It'd be crazy. And not only that, bro. You know how. You know how um, hard it is to jump from Boston to LA. <laughs> you oh, you want to talk about getting booed? Oh, if he leaves God. Boston now, God. the fans are already gonna kind of hate him. But if he goes to fucking LA, bro, <laughs> come on, man, he's done. Yeah, Rondo got a good welcome, but he had a couple teams in between. Well, the difference is, is sure. Boston let Rondo go. Yeah, that's yeah. the difference. Rondo didn't <laughs> yeah, choose. Sure. And, and he went to a couple different places, like you said, yeah. before L.A. It's huge, huge difference. That's I just true. don't even... We, we can stop talking about the Lakers. I don't even want to know what they're doing anymore. Trade love like Trade love yeah, Protests of 30 <laughs> people going on outside Staples Center and garbage like that. So, Dude, well, the I'm going to wait till the offseason. Oh, my God. LeBron causes Bro, LeBron so much so shit. LeBron so toxic. Oh, my God. It's disgusting. They were, Last year, they the were... The worst part is that this front office is looking so fucking incompetent that LeBron doesn't even look as toxic anymore. It's like he's not even the worst problem now. They're just terrible. I don't want to go no, into dude. it. So it, it's, it, it, he's there's he, a lot out. There. You guys have been bad there. for a long time, and you didn't have no protest outside Stable Center. LeBron's there for one year, and they want to burn down the goddamn oh, arena. Locked on Lakers. They were talking about that. Yeah, we've been bad for a while. And they said finally. <laughs> says there's always a straw that breaks the camel's back and the Lakers front office has been throwing bales of hay at us for four years now or something so that's the problem too is like LeBron is he's toxic bro because if you think about it just think about this the genie bus and magic have issues now like had issues like two people that are like brother and sister would never had problems with each other We've always got along. There's rumors that out there that Kobe is trying to tear the LeBron down through um what's his name? What's Palinka? Palinka. Yeah. yeah. It's like when LeBron becomes it's just a circus wherever this guy goes, bro. And LeBron's the ringleader, bro. Doug's trying to close out this podcast bro, so fast hey, right now. Listen, listen, LeBron's the ringleader to this circuses, bro. Wherever he travels, bro. It's just like I don't know why this picture You know like The little monkey pulls up In the little car And like 10 monkeys jump out That's like LeBron James bro Just pulling up to LA And like the mon- other monkeys Jumping out Like his crew bro the, the, the agent dude What's his name Rich Paul Rich Paul And all those other suckers bro Tyron Lewis in the back Like yo You need me a job here Yeah bro It's so bad bro Like Lakers are Oh LeBron Ah man dude I just Has he ever been anywhere Dude, think about how toxic this guy is, bro. Seriously. <laughs> Dude, let's get into this. All right? <laughs> you got the, the Cleveland stents with all that toxic firing coaches, all the crying, blame his teammates. Sands, yeah. Rodney Hood's trash. Oh, no, he's not. You know, all these players are garbage. George Hill. I fucking love George you, Hill's Jesus. garbage. Having a good good series, of, you know, playing some good leadership ball. All these guys are booty, you know, when they play with LeBron James, who's supposed to be the guy that makes everyone better, right? Now let's go over to his Miami stint. Dude, 
He wanted to create a circus there. No one talks about that. Yeah. He did. He tried getting Spolstra fired. Spolstra fired, bro. Yeah. He told he told Pat Riley he didn't like that he didn't have uh, more power with, within the organization. Meaning like, hey man, I want my friends to have the the players' parking spots and make the players walk like he did in Cleveland. No, bro. Pat Riley said, nah, dog. We ain't doing that shit around here, all right? Rich Paul isn't getting Dwayne Wade's parking spot. That's not how it works, LeBron, all right? For real. So, I'm just saying, bro. Like, bro, LeBron is so damn toxic, bro. It's, it, it took the Lakers organization. And that, you know what? I respect your organization. I respect your organization. Mm-hmm. I'm serious. You, yeah. You're mad at LA, and you're like, oh my god, this is toxic. I hate it. Fuck that, bro. I love the Lakers. I love the Lakers because they won't stand for LeBron's bullshit, and that's why all this toxic shit's happening, bro, because they're like, fuck that. No, dude. What are you talking about? We're the you know, damn Lakers. We're the Lakers, bro. We're bigger than you. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. That's true. That's a great point. And, and they're not standing for it because, dude, if they were, they would have hired Tyron Lue, Tyron Lue already. They would have done everything LeBron asked, and they're not doing it. And I think that's the right decision, in my opinion. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, mm-hmm. you need to listen to LeBron and do what he wants. No, nah, man. That, that's what sets your franchise back. You, you might get a ring, but LeBron... Here's the thing. If LeBron was still the LeBron of old, the, a great two-way player, you know, the arguably the best player on the planet, maybe you go that route, even though you know it's going to decimate your franchise, kill the, you know, kill the chemistry once he bounces, and you're going to be set back forever... But now the player he is now, you you ain't risking your franchise for that. No, like seriously, to like, get ring like number dog. seventeen, yeah, yeah. You're like, you know what? I'll risk. I'll put my. I'll risk my franchise and all that when you start playing some defense. All right, seriously. <laughs> no, like, until I see you can play some D, I ain't even trying this strategy. Can't long. even inbound the fucking ball, man. We're not fucking doing that. That's awesome, man. That's a great red. Fuck, cue the red music uh, before that shit. Yeah, you know, it's, it was awesome. it's already going. Yeah, it's yeah. been going. That's sweet. Hey, it's just, I'm just being honest, bro. Like, yeah. LeBron's toxic, bro. You can say, you know, everyone's seen it. Everyone's seen it. And he even wanted to do it in Miami, the one place where he's not deemed toxic. He wanted to be toxic there, yeah. but Pat Riley said no. Yeah. You know? Like, seriously. So, I'm just yeah. glad they didn't hire Ty Lue, but a lot of Lakers fans disagree with me. But I just think it's falling right into all the trash that you're talking about yeah. if they had if they had hired him. So yeah. who knows? Yeah, you know, no, 2019, sure. 2020, Lionel Hollins, head coach. <laughs> who knows what we're doing? But Yeah. It's tough, man. That was crazy. Was it, did we have anything else on the books there, Dougie? No, that that about wraps it up. Wraps now it up. I'm not yeah, going to record any more of this. Never right? I could see Dougie the whole time, like, dude, stop talking about the Lakers, please. Uh, already stopped recording. Yeah, yeah. yeah I already recorded this. <laughs> so, yeah, man. Well, uh, you know, as always, guys, this is, uh, it's always a good time, man. This is it's cool and good day, man. It's all sunny outside. We got yeah, the garage door open. Yeah. It's been a it's, good, it's been a fun podcast. Yeah, I'm man. sure everyone can hear the birds chirping and stuff. It's kind yeah. of a refreshing podcast. That's because right? No, for real. As well, uh, as always, man. If there's fans out there, you know about these big games, these playoffs. I mean, this is the most. This is the best time to watch basketball. You know. And uh, if you got anything to say about it, you know, we're curious. You know, I want to hear if there's any other KD fans out there, you know, and, and hear what you guys, your opinions on, you know, about going on with what's KD's injury and what the Warriors are doing and what you would like to see KD do. Because I hear Pete all the time, and, you know, I feel bad for what he's going through right now and, and whatnot. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about Portland around here. So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, before you finish, I don't even think uh, 
I don't think the Warriors even need KD for the next round. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, especially I if they out. play Portland. I tell you what, yeah, they play KD or Curry. No. <laughs> I tell you what, I tell you what, if they play Portland, KD better come back quickly. <laughs> All right, <laughs> but I definitely think you know. Say what you want. I could. I'll. I'll I. You can book it. Milwaukee will beat the Warriors if they don't have KD. Ooh. That's yeah, facts. True. Okay. That's facts. I'm with that. We'll see. But yeah, I mean, these are great takes. You know, we want to hear everybody's hot takes. You know, and everybody out there. I know there's a lot of good opinions out there, and that's the you know the point of the podcast. So go ahead and hit us up, and uh, hopefully Portland can pull this out tomorrow, fellas. Rip City. As always, Denver. <laughs> <laughs>